Hi, Natalie. Hello, Tara. Another day, another dollar. Back you in know, the man, store. 2023, back on the grind. <laughs> a lot of big releases came out in 2022, and I'm still catching up on listening to them. Yeah? Yeah, a lot to catch up on. Are you still listening to new music from 2022? Are you ready for only 2023 to come out or how are you what what are your listening habits right now (laughs) I am looking to the future I am ready for some cool stuff to come out in 2023 I mean I agree there was there were some surprises in 2022 I hadn't really been keeping up on like you know coming soon and all that jazz the stuff would just drop and I'd be like holy crap there's you know the smile and a new Bjork album and all that kind of stuff that was really fun you know to get into but actually I've been kind of like going back in time a little bit and uh listen to some uh Things I haven't haven't uh, visited in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. It's been a long time since we've talked about our albums of the month. Uh, so I was thinking about maybe using this time to talk about an album I had to catch up on. Sounds like a plan. From 2022. Yeah, and I've definitely yeah. got one for you that I've re um, rediscovered with much joy and excitement. So be happy to chat with you about it. Sweet. Let's do a dive into our albums of the month. My choice is going to be Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers from Kendrick Lamar. I've been going through something. 1,855 days. I've been going through something. Be afraid. Oh, man. That's a big one. We got a lot to talk about with that one. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Big In, it's four sides long, and it's his fifth studio album, came out on May 13th, 2022. And for whatever reason, it just, um, it didn't miss me. I just, you know, it's one of those sort of like the Bjork album where I knew I probably had to take some time to just digest, and I I just haven't. So yeah. now I'm ready to fully dive in. A man's had a lot to get off his chest, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, because apparently after his fourth studio album, Damn, from 2017, he took like a five-year hiatus. And while taking this musical hiatus, he executive produced a soundtrack for Black Panther, which was a great soundtrack, by the way. Do you like that soundtrack? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He became a father of two and founded the entertainment company PG Lang with his creative partner, Dave Free. And he also has mentioned that he had about two years worth of writer's block um, Mm. as another reason for his long hiatus. But, you know, if you think of that time, uh, well, at least the very end of that time, 2019 to where we are today, I think the world has gone through quite a lot as well. Um, The pandemic, civil unrest, just a lot of stuff we were going through globally. For sure. So apparently in early 2019, he was... um, doing a a brainstorming session in London. And he said it was one of the toughest creative processes imaginable. And, you know, he's very private. There's the COVID-19 pandemic. There's also the deaths of Nipsey Hussle and Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. So this album has really, uh, has really covered a whole lot of ground as far as Kendrick and what he's going through. It's a heavy album. It really is, man. (laughs) I was not ready for it. (laughs) I really wasn't either. I didn't know what to expect. And then diving in, I was like, you know, I went in blind. I went in blind. I 
I didn't want to be influenced by someone else's review, right? So I just went in first song, first side. And and you can tell the story he's starting to weave from the get-go. You can hear themes of therapy, him going through therapy, uh, childhood, generational trauma, sexual addiction, which I was guessing. And then after I went through everything, I was like, okay, I have to look this up, what's going on? And of course, yeah, it is a, a theme. And infidelity, fame, fatherhood, daddy issues, spiritual stuff, gender identity even. Man, this the whole thing. Yeah. Cancel culture, even, even the pandemic itself. There's just so many heavy topics that he covers and it seemed like he had a lot to get off his chest. It seemed like he was really going through a lot and I read also that he kept a lot of the album secret from his family because he knew the whole thing would be over if he if he told them anything and he was just trying to keep everything really private. He thought that if he shared shared what he'd been working on, their influence would override his own feelings and then he he would never have released the album. I think in a way it's really I think the messy but honest like work that he's put into this is quite amazing, but I think you really have to put yourself kind of in a in a place to to consume it. I would be interested to know like what it's like for an artist like Kendrick Lamar to have writer's block, just as prolific a lyricist he is and just how much he packs in per track. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To be in a state of writer's block. What does that feel like? How does he deal with it? How does he write it out? I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, you know, and like, no wonder he had so much, so much content to pack into this thing, you know, having stuff kind of just festering and brewing and, you know, over time like that. It's crazy. Creativity's crazy, man. Well, let's dive into some of these songs. I don't want to go through all of them because there's a ton of them, mm-hmm. but I definitely have some favorites and I definitely have some to call out that I will probably avoid in the future. Okay. <laughs> Just because they make me very uncomfortable. Very curious. <laughs> um, and also, I, you know, as a white lady myself, I feel like I have to put a disclaimer out there that I, I definitely have not experienced these same things and uh, can't say that I am speaking from any sort of understanding where he's coming from, but I definitely on some some levels understand, especially with relation to like generational trauma and therapy and things like that. And I have seen in the world some of these themes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So right out of the gate, I just want to go to some of my favorites on this record father time features sampha which is one of my favorites and of course that's something that i've mentioned like i would love a new sampha record like where's the sampha record i need it don't chase on me don't chase on I got daddy issues, that's on me. Looking for our loving, really empathizing for my relief. A child that grew accustomed, jumping up when I sprayed my knee. Cause if I cried about it, he surely tell me not to. But Sampha is featured on the song Father Time and uh, kind of starts with this pre dialogue about how he needs therapy. Um, and it seems like a confessional about how he has daddy issues. And so I just want to read sort of a blip here from the lyrics because I thought they were very. Um, honest and I think a lot of men could probably relate to this looking for I love you rarely empathizing for my relief a child that grew accustomed jumped up when I scraped my knee because if I cried about it he'd surely tell me not to be weak daddy issues hid my emotions never expressed myself 
man should never show feelings. Being sensitive never helped. His mom and dad asked him why he going back to work so soon. His first reply was, son, that's life. And Bill's got no silver spoon. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lyrically, super strong. And lyrically, super strong because he's not trying to do anything extra or flowery. He's just being very straightforward and honest. And I think that's why it hits us as being so strong, you know, to have this kind of like have him be so candid about something that you're right. I do think a lot of men have suppressed, you know, similar feelings and just bringing it out mm-hmm. in the open like that. There's got to be a lot of um, a lot of liberation and a lot of catharsis, you know, for a lot of yeah. men hearing this, these lyrics, which is great. Yeah. Also really like rich spirit. I really like the groove on it. And uh, musically, I like the groove on it. And I really like uh, how he's just like, oh. Like this, there's this oh that he keeps repeating over it. and over, and it, it, it's good. This visceral uh, grunt, yeah. Bitch, I'm attractive. Keep fuck with you no more, faster. Track three is the one that it is really hard to listen to. Oh, sorry, side two, track three. We cry together. It is kind of like a jazz rap spoken word. Is it a song? I don't even consider this a song, but basically what it is is Kendrick with actress Taylor Page kind of having this extremely heated argument. It's it's triggering. It kind of highlights domestic abuse and it's just incredibly they're just insulting each other and their their relationship is clearly very toxic and and then it ends with them kind of wanting to have a sexual reconnection it was sexual re- <laughs> reconciliation i might say yeah it's it's really hard to listen to and don't like the b word being said so many times there's a lot of strong language yeah. in it. it's just not enjoyable but i understand it as like a piece of art i guess yeah you know? i think this is one of the more powerful tracks on the album because a few times while listening to this i had to just stop what i was doing but this one really got to me because I went through this whole gamut of emotions. Like it's it's a wild track. And I think with Taylor yeah. Page, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. I love her voice on this. Like what what a perfect, you know, partner to do this, record this with. Like she has such a great voice for this. But it was wild. Like I was kind of laughing at first. Like, oh, they're like, you know, it was like the dirty dozens. They're just throwing cracks at each other and I'm laughing and blah, blah, right. blah. And then when it like got all hypersexual and it just shifted so just out of the blue randomly. That's when it got scary to me. And that's when I realized, oh shit, this is this is reality for a lot of people in the world. This is the kind of like toxicity and dynamic that people often mistake for love. Like all this yeah. intense charged emotion, people think that's love. And then you get caught in this loop with this person who's verbally abusing you one minute. And then you're having this, I'm sure, a very amazing sexual experience in the next. But it's just such a dangerous place to get caught up in. It was really upsetting at the end. It's upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. And and definitely relatable, you know, if you've ever experienced anything like that, which is kind of why I'm like, I feel like this could be kind of triggering. But um, yeah, hopefully whatever he's getting out and that song he's gotten through, he's worked through in his therapy journey, which is kind of going through in this whole record. But man, yeah, it is tough to listen to it. But yeah, strong, powerful as a work of art. I agree. Um, on a lighter note, Purple Hearts features Summer Walker, and I love this one. Keep me torn and I'm gonna walk. Rolling sevens, I ain't ready for no call. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you for easing me out of side two with some Summer Walker. <laughs> right, right. It, the album is paced really well. Like, he does kind of give you places to breathe a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And those are the moments that I found myself myself really liking a lot more than the others because they were a little bit more, like, felt better in my soul, you know, because the others were so heavy. Right. Like, um, these are his radio jams. You could clearly hear which ones were the radio yes. tracks. Appropriate for the club, yeah. yada, yada, yada. Definitely. Before we go to side three, is there anything about side one and side two that you really loved or? I got to say, the first track, like after the intro in 95, that beat goes so hard. Like what, yeah. what a dope way to start an album. I also liked Worldwide Steppers, the one after that. I love that beat as well. Like Killer, he's a killer, she's a killer. That's like my kind of the kind of hip hop production that I'm into. It's groovy, but it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of weird and it's subtle enough for the vocals to be way in the front so you can really focus on what he's saying. It's like he's talking to you, you know? I really, really dig yeah. those tracks. Yeah. Actually going back to N95, I like the message here. It's like you can get your mask to match your outfit or whatever, but like take all that designer bullshit off and what do you have? You ugly as fuck. Like, <laughs> right. That's stupid. Take all that stupid stuff off. You, you dumb, dumb. <laughs> you dumb, dumb. <laughs> you dumb, dumb. Mine's the preschool version. <laughs> all right. Side three. Crown. The message here. You can't please everybody. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I mean, he's, I don't know if this is necessarily his intention with the song, but I'm thinking, you know, with him being famous, like dealing with that fame and his celebrity life and kind of probably maybe one of the reasons why he had writer's block. You put all these records out, you're what, the only rapper to have ever received a Pulitzer Prize? How do you stack up against yourself? It's like, you can't please everybody. You need to kind of let some of this go. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. I feel like this part of the album, we definitely go a deeper personal level. We've kind of gone beneath the surface now, you know? Um, Yeah. And this track, this is one of my favorites. I just, I love the piano with him. Like the setup is just so, so well thought out. Um, It's just so intimate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually thinking more about the music of the album, I really like how he always kind of does this more minimal, jazzy, hip hop record kind of you know kind of hip-hop record um free jazz funk some blues some soul west coast hip-hop i really like the minimalist production level of things it's it's great well it's smart too because again he's saying so much there's so much to follow it's it it provides a good a good balance you know otherwise it would just be like it'd be overload yeah and then I skipped to side four with more commentary here. Auntie Diaries. Auntie, Di- Auntie Diaries. Auntie I don't Diaries. Know, wherever you're from, depends right. on how you say that probably. But this is recollecting a story maybe of his transgender uncle and cousin and referencing issues regarding societal, religious views of gay and trans individuals and those who associate with the LGBTQ plus community. And... I read that it was met with some praise from critics and some transgender listeners, but also was met with some heavy criticism because of some of the language sure, um, and misgendering his relatives and others. So I can see, yeah, both 
sides there for sure. This is another one of those yeah. where it's like you're sitting on the couch with him in the therapist's office. The mm-hmm. music, the music is there, but again, it's kind of like in the subtle in the background and it's, it's just him processing these emotions. That's front and center. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then another favorite, well, at least one I wanted to call it just because it features one of our mutual favorites is Mother I Sober, features Beth Gibbons from Portishead. And she sings, kind of croons over and over again, I wish I was somebody, anybody but myself. So, so this one, I was just listening to this album casually while cleaning or something. And as it went on, I noticed I started moving more slowly. And then when I heard Beth Gibbons voice, because again, I'm just listening to it through. I had no clue that she was going to be part of it. It just stopped me dead in my tracks and I had to just sit down for the rest of the song. Yeah, I know. I didn't know she was on it either until listening to it. I was like, is that? And then I had to confirm that what I was listening to was indeed... Beth Gibbons. Of course. The most distinctive <laughs> voice. Yeah, like, of course. I, I knew it as soon as I heard it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to sit down and maybe grab a tissue. Yeah. Yeah. But we are getting to that point of the album, The End, where I do feel like he's worked through, like this entire album, he's worked through so many issues and and let it all out that now it, it is kind of wrapping up and um, resolving some of those issues in these songs because the last one, which is another one of my favorites, is Mirror. And in it, he says, I choose me. And I love that. Mm-hmm. When does the heart happen? The heart? Yeah, there's there was another track in there. Oh, it's the, yes. Okay, so... The the standard version of the album is four sides. The streaming version includes a hidden track, which is was actually released as a single, and that is the heart. I want the hood. Look what I done for you. Look what I done for you. I said I do this for my. Co- and I really I like that one too. And I love the production on it is great. It's got that Marvin Gaye sample. It's just really funky. Has like another level of energy yeah. that, you know, you don't didn't have in the rest of the songs. Yeah. yeah. And no surprise, it debuted on the charts too, I believe. Some critiques that or at least a comment that I read from an assistant professor of religion, Dr. Christopher Driscoll at Lehigh University wrote, within the intensely polarizing times we live today, very few artists across genres have the skill and the willingness to be so responsibly honest. Hip hop's always been better than many cultural spaces when it comes to unflinching honesty. Kendrick Lamar runs with the latitude afforded by the hip hop culture he loves. The results are healing. I thought that was really nice. And of course, this album was the most nominated album by a male artist at the 65th annual Grammy really? Awards and re- yeah and received eight of those nominations including album of the year best rap album song of the year record of the year and yeah holy crap that crown's just right. gonna get heavier <laughs> he became the first artist in any genre to be nominated for an album of the year with four consecutive lead studio albums since Billy Joel 1979 to 1983 Yeah, no pressure. Cool. (laughs) Right. Crazy. You're confronted with a lot of uncomfortable truths in this album, so it can be 
kind of difficult to listen to, heavy to listen to, but there are those moments of relief that I think are quite enjoyable musically. I mean, there's a lot of moments to enjoy musically, but there's some heavy (laughs) moments that can be difficult to listen to. So as much as we are sometimes annoyed by this publication, (laughs) Uh Stephen Kerr, a writer for Pitchfork, said this so perfectly more than a decade ago. Kendrick Lamar said, if I mentioned all my skeletons, would you jump in the seat? And Stephen Kerr said, that fear of being defined by trauma and shame resonates throughout. But Kendrick and his blemishes are so defined by negation, the white gazes of black Twitter of weighty listener expectations, that by the time the record ends, Kendrick's me is just as nebulous as the effigy he spent the album burning. Gods are born in vacuums. Mm. Whoa. Yeah, I read that. Big. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's definitely not the album you're going to throw on at the barbecue this summer. But I don't I don't want to downplay the fact that it is a really good groovy listen. Like the music is really great and really well done. Right. It's not complete, you know, emotional torture or anything like that. It's it's definitely playable and replayable and I'm really impressed again by the production and the composition on this on this record. Yeah, it is a work of art and an honest look into struggles that he's experienced um it's not surface at all it's and the music is great yeah it's a really great record agreed i feel like there's not really much more i can say i think that our friends in the record store will just have to listen for themselves and experience it i second that (laughs) all right well now that uh kendrick has taking up taken us to the depths (laughs) of one's inner psyche and shadows and all that stuff. Uh, My album is going to punch everybody in the face with with a lot of fun, kooky, dancey, rock and roll-y punk madness. So my album this month is Absolute Poly 6 from The Poly 6. Came out in 2009. You know, The Poly 6 is one of my favorite bands of all time. This is their ninth studio album. This album makes me so happy. It reminds me that I'm not alone and my tribe is out there because my tribe listens to stuff like Poly 6. That's for sure. I absolutely love their sound, which shouldn't be surprising. It's high energy, zany, post-punk, synth pop, new wave, rock, or as they've called it, technicolor pogo punk. It's hyper, playful, but still very edgy and very in your face. I've never heard of them before at really? all. Really? I wasn't sure what I was getting myself into <laughs> when you when you told me about this record. I was like, okay, That's what is hysterical. this going to be? You know? <laughs> and yeah, no surprise at all that you love this. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. The band is named after the Korg Poly 6 synth. And I think the Devo influence is pretty clear here musically as well as visually. You know, they wear they yeah. wear like these matching get-ups with these rectangular bar sunglasses and orange jumpsuits with peas on them. And they've even covered a few of Devo's songs. And um, Devo frontman Mark Mothersbaugh, he's even recorded a version of Devo's song, Mecha Mania Boy, with Poly 6 for their 15th anniversary album, which is super cool. Wow. That is cool. So this particular album is great because it covers a lot of ground musically. Like they kind of sample all, like both extremes of their sonic gamut. And then they like blend all of the styles that they've touched on in previous albums. I just think it's the perfect introduction, you know, to what Poly 6 is all about. 
And this is the last album that includes keyboardist and singer Kayo, or Kayo, uh, who left the band the following year. Just sad because I, I really enjoyed her. All right, let's talk about some of the songs here. So my favorite song of theirs was the first single from this album. It's called Shout Aloud. Yeah, so this is totally like just a slap in the face, just melting, loud, fast, brutal. It makes me so happy. I cannot tell you. <laughs> Shout aloud is so cool. I was like, I wish I could see them live too, because I've seen videos of, of this being played live in a big arena and it just seems so insane. Like I'm surprised the whole audience, like their heads just don't collectively explode at the end of it. There's so much energy in the place. It's ridiculous. The next song is Young OO, which is really fun. I, I'm feeling like a strong B-52s vibe that I think pops up at multiple places in this album. So track four, that has a Japanese title that I cannot read. <laughs> but this one, this one shifts oh. a bit. It gets tighter on the beat. It's more in industrial, not as loose and punky as the opening tracks. Think like, I'm going to have a lot of sounds like references for you too. Think front 242 or ministry even. And it's got some like new wave elements in there. They've got this like high Gary Newman style synth playing through the track as well. So I think that's a fun one. So the track listing on the Wikipedia page for this record says that number four is called Hypnotize Go in English. Oh, sweet. Thank you very much. Hypnotize Go. Yeah. Love that. So the next track is Time Out. <laughs> This is an instrumental. This one gives off very strong Devo vibes, but way more intense, almost borderline metal. It's very synth heavy. They use lots of like classic chip tunes, video gamey sounds in their music, which as you know is my jam. Love it. This has been my this has been my workout album recently because it just like keeps the energy really high the whole time. You're running like, I don't know, hella fast, like 40 miles an hour on your treadmill. Yeah, or like jumping rope until my heart's going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> so if you need something to keep you pumped in the gym, this this is a fun one. All right. So next we have Biro Biro. This is another one of my favorites. <laughs> And here we're going back to that post-punk fun. I really love like the, the kooky rhythm in the verses here. And you get this happy, everyone sings along hook, you know. Um, you know who it reminds me of? Do you know the Cardiacs? The UK no. post-punk progressive rock band, the Cardiacs. Oh, well, we have to talk about them. I don't think I know okay. them. Yeah. Okay, so next we have Cleaning. And I think this is the most like power pop for me on the album. It's very... The cars, you know, uh, kind of a... That might be... Yeah. Maybe that's why I like this oh, one Oh, do you most. really? Yeah, it does sound... It feels like the cars for yeah. me, kind of a, a rockabilly throwback or psychobilly even, you know? Yeah, yeah, It's very definitely. catchy. Uh, next is E-L-T-C-C-T. This is another super fun track. So Kayo takes over lead vocals for Hero here. And I feel like an electro surfer vibe 
interleaved with their chaotic, offbeat antics. Um, and it reminds me of, and maybe we can play a clip of this too, that song, 21st Century Boy. I'm a space cowboy. I'm a 21st century boy. From Zig Zig Sputnik. Do you know that one? Oh, yeah. At first I was thinking of like bad religion, 21st mm. century digital mm-hmm, boy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. 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 And then in the bridge section where they, they're just like frantically tapping around on the synth, it reminds me of just like a straight up heavy metal guitar solo where they're f- finger tapping on the neck, you know? <laughs> yeah. And next we have First Aid. So this track is just more straightforward rock and roll, even experimental metal or noise rock a la Melt Banana, which is another band I really love. Mm, yeah. I like Melt yeah. Banana. And then the next track is called Fire Bison. This is this is a great party track. The opening with that drum beat reminds me of remember First Avenue, that nightclub from Purple Rain. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you slow this track down just a smidge, I feel like this could have been in that movie. Like it makes me want to put on my gym and the holograms makeup and like lick a stranger's face on the dance floor. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I totally especially that intro. It's very like um is it Let's Go Crazy? No, 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 no. What, what does he play at the very end of the movie? Star, star. Oh, rain. Um, baby, oh, I'm a star. Baby, I'm a yes, star. That's yeah. what it feels like to me. Okay, so here's another reference. So for this track, it also reminds me of My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, the song they had on the, Crow, oh. the Crow soundtrack, um, After the Flesh. Can hear, I can definitely hear some similarities between those two tracks. So we got to hear a bit of the next track, Eye Contact. So this one is heavily electronic, foregoing any live bass, guitar, or drums. Very new wave, very Gary Newman, but just much glitchier, noisier, you know, with those chiptune sounds that I love so much. Any thoughts? My favorite track on this record is Cleaning. And I think that's because it's probably easier to, it's like maybe for the beginner, <laughs> Poly 6. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not too into like the chiptune stuff, but I do love Devo and I can see that reference a lot in their, in this album. And it was definitely interesting. And then I also, it's like on one hand, I hear Devo and some of that like rockabilly stuff. And then I, on the other side here, like Gravy Train. Do you remember Gravy Train from the early 2000s? Maybe no, like I don't. Early 2000s? Huh. Gravy Train and Chicks on Speed. Okay. Like those bands that are more like into electronica chick bands where they're screaming a little bit. Reminds me of yeah. this stuff. Gravy Train. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Well, Gravy Train has a song called Hella Nervous. And uh, they're like, you make me nervous, nervous, <laughs> nervous. Hella, hella nervous. It's just kind of... Frantic. You yeah, know, yeah. Frenetic, frenetic, and just like screamy and fun. I also, I know you're not really there yet on the album, but 
I love the song Wasabi, and I really like the the lady singer the most, I think. Yeah, she's cool. I like her voice. I'm sad she's gone. Yeah. So we have a, a, just a few more tracks. We're almost at the end. So the next one is Beat Flash. So this one, I feel like it's it's another good beginner poly six song because it it comes back to that classic that classic style where they're sort of balancing all of the things, the rock and roll with the electronic sounds. Um, and then they have like this really wild punk freak out towards the end that's also really random and loud. Yeah. Then we have Speed Up, which is another power pop kind of song, like especially in the hook. And then they play around with the rhythm in the verses. It's, it kind of reminds me of the Sugar Cubes, you know, it's just kind of poppy and playful mm, and all over yeah. the place. <laughs> and then it ends with Wasabi, which I think is a pretty interesting way to close the album. It's an, it's an odd little song, but again, like, you know, we love Kayo. I love her voice layered with like that xylophone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, it's just, I think it's really cool. I think this whole record is just like a hodgepodge of poly six insanity. And there's yeah. lots of cool musical references <laughs> floating throughout the album. I hear like the cramps and like, there's like a lot of like groups. If you just take the time to go through each song, I feel like they're very clearly referencing a completely different genre, a completely different, you know, block of artists. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to listen to and try to make those connections. Yeah. It's crazy because this album is 14 tracks, but it's only 35 minutes long. It's almost EP length, but it has 14 songs. We're speeding through like a freight train. Yeah. They do a (laughs) lot. They do a lot. I love them. I mean, I also see that they are pretty inspired by Yellow Magic yep. Orchestra. And we just recently lost Yukiro Takahashi. Yep, indeed. But uh, Poly6 are super creative. I mean, I respect the hell out of them. They've been around for a long, long time, but they have an incredibly vast international devoted fan base. And while they haven't like changed their t- sound a ton, I just, I just haven't gotten bored with them yet. I just think they're great. Yeah, very, very different album. Uh, and yeah, like I said, never heard anything from them. Um, so it was cool to learn about them and all their inspirations. And yeah. yeah, they have a crap ton of albums too. There's there's even a, a handful they that do. I've, I sort of fell off with them in recent years. So I need to go back and, and check those out. But I still, I still think this one is going to always be nearest, dearest to my heart. This is the best. I love XTC and it looks like they have a song called XCT. <laughs> so now I want to mm-hmm. hear that. Are they all like this? <laughs> I mean, all the albums? Well, they've got a lot, a lot of albums. And I think some, like the earlier ones, especially some kind of move to the poles a little bit. Like some are just more rock and roll. Some are more straight up electronic. Mm. Some are punkier. That's why I like this one. Yeah. Cause you kind of get like a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. Mesh. Yeah. I am interested to go back and listen to maybe a more rock focused one. Um, yeah. To cater to oh, my gosh. own I, taste and see how it I goes. Ha- I could recommend one. I, I see the album cover, but I can't think of the title of it. I'll have to text it to you another time, but, um, yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot to sift through. There's some something for everybody. For your for your personal manic cool. episode, Poly Six has an appropriate album. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I think the theme is clear. Like we always try to connect our albums, but I think I think it's obvious oh, yeah. that the two we've chosen 
would not be considered easy listening by any stretch of the imagination. These are not passive listens. These are very engaging, all-consuming albums, which are great and deserve your attention, everyone in the store. (laughs) Yeah, 100% nailed it. Definitely not easy listening. One is so heavy theme-wise to listen to, and the other is loud and crazy fun. Um, Yeah, that is a good call out as far as like what their theme our theme this time is our connective tissue between these two albums that we've chosen this month if anyone in the store would like to recommend an album that we should listen to let us know in our discord channel or on instagram or facebook anywhere at the handle at record store society and we are down to check it out yes (laughs) sorry i'm distracted because i hear it's raining outside Oh, no, is it? Ugh. It just started pouring outside oh, no. right at closing time, too. We're going to have to make a bad dash to our cars. <laughs> <laughs> we have to make a run for it. Put on the absolute poly six record. Right. Get that extra speed boost. <laughs> well, shall we make a mad dash? Yeah. All right, folks. Well, everyone's left because it's pouring rain. So I guess that's our cue to uh, get the hell up out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us today, everybody. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see you later. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.